Welcome all to the gathering of the Council of Bears Fall 3, Drink Harder. I am joined today by Allie of Dungeon Fables. Say hello. Hello. Jin of Morally Gray. Hello. Jared of Merely a Setback. Yeah, there. And of course, last but not least... Shoe Boots of Azeroth Public Radio. Hello! Now, this gathering of the minds is to talk about the latest and greatest in World of Warcraft. We pontificate and uh, speculate about all things Warcraft. And today, we are gathered to talk a little bit about what's coming up in 9.1 and beyond. So, before we begin, I have to ask one question... What are you all drinking? And let's let's start with uh, Mr. Lawyer himself. Shoe Boots, what are you drinking today? Well, I actually went out and got a beer just for this occasion. So today I am drinking uh, Vorsteiner, which is a German Pilsner. And uh, I really like this beer. I've had it uh, many times. I'm a big fan of it. As uh, some of you may know, I love Euro Trash beers. And... Uh, <laughs> This is the highest tier when it comes to Euro trash beer. <laughs> I'm going to take notes. All right. All right. Mr. Jin, <laughs> what are you Hi. drinking today? <laughs> Not Euro trash beer. Um, <laughs> this for me is leftovers. I drank this on Morley Gray the other night, which is uh, this is the Elysian Contact Haze. It is a hazy IPA and it is uh, quite good. I, I enjoy it immensely. I'm a, I'm a big and it fan. is not Euro Trash Pilsner stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jared, I believe you said a little bit about it, but what exactly are you drinking today? I'm drinking mead out of a comically oversized mug. <laughs> that looks like a tree stump. It is. It is literally, <laughs> it is literally a tree uh, that was carved out and uh, uh, sealed and... They slap the handle on it, and I drink out of it, and it's great. There we go. I, I feel outclassed. Allie, <laughs> Allie, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Well, I was gonna go with beer because it's beer as well. It makes sense. But I, I was I was feeling rum. You know, we're we're doing a special event, so I broke out that good rum. This is Captain Morgan's Private Stock. I call it my podcasting juice, but many lately have been calling it the Allie Juice. So. Call you what you will. I call it delicious, and I intend to drink all of this tonight. <laughs> well, someone's someone's fishing for a sponsorship on your watch, there, man. God, I would love that. Allie, <laughs> Allie has been uh, really pushing this because I, for the first time, will also be dealing with Captain Morgan's private stock, so aka excited. Allie Juice. 
This stuff's not that private, is it? <laughs> Actually, in Canada, it was a limited stock, and all the LCBOs, which are like the government-controlled uh, beer stores here, are selling out of it. So I wasn't able to find any myself, and I got helped by uh, a really great guy, uh, Stonegrasp, who uh, does the Stonegrass Wrestling Federation, as well as many other things. Great guy in the community. He actually drove out and dropped this off for me. And so, of course, I will be partaking of that tonight. Oh. I'm eager to know what you think about it. Okay. Well, as soon as I take the first sip and gasp and then die over, you'll know. <laughs> well, don't do that. We, we kind of need you. And then we'll be like, for the alliance. For the alliance. <laughs> Good job. secret plan worked all along. <laughs> and I'll be so wasted, I'll go roll a dwarf. Yeah, I support this decision. <laughs> so, right now we are, what, two weeks removed from BlizzCon Online? And we got all of that information from just what they were talking about. And this is a BlizzCon where they were utterly focused on story for the presentation of, like, hey, what events are coming up next? But even from there, in the different interviews, there's been, like, a lot more information out there. That said, we've got a lot of questions about what exactly is happening and where exactly we're going. So I'm going to dive right into it. So the first question, say, is 9.0 setup. Much of what happened during the opening chapter of Shadowlands um, was like all over the place in different covenants and that. What event in 9.0 do you feel will have the biggest impact in 9.1 and what do you event do you think will not be fully realized in 9.1 and is going to be later in the expansion i'm going to throw this one to jared first hmm thanks for putting oh. me on the spot bud oh, oh, <laughs> you had days to prepare <laughs> yeah i did i did i did um i i think honestly uh the one thing at a 9.0 that isn't going to be paid off uh, through until probably the end of the expansion is probably uh, probably the Uther stuff that's going on. Uh, like I I think that that is the conduit in which we will be experiencing the the story post nine point one because nine point one we already know that we're dealing with Sylvanas. Um, and so I, I don't really think that Uther fits into the story of taking the fight to Sylvanas uh, or going into the Maw, for that matter. Uh, and they kind of heavily hinted in the cinematic that is uh, or that showed us exactly what we're getting into in 9.1, um, that Uther is being brought away, uh, supposedly, to atone, I guess... Um, for like what he did, um, and kind of try and and correct his path. So I think I think that that is is something that they're they're setting up for the long game uh, of this expansion. Okay. All right. So then I'm gonna throw the question to Ali. What what event do you think is gonna be immediately? Uh, impacting in 9.1? What do you think is going to happen, is sort of planting seeds for later? Hmm. Well, I really like Jared's answer with the Uther. That's that's a good one. I think for immediate, 
I'm going to say, and this is could, could be entirely wrong considering what we got from BlitzCon line, but I'm going to go with the Drust and Thros and everything, mostly because I want to go there and burn them all down because I'm, <laughs> I'm Night Fae and that just needs to happen. <laughs> and for the future, I'm going to say the whole thing with Denathrius, you know, Daddy D being put into Remoria and being locked away. I think that's going to come into play later with things. Yeah, that that that's definitely a solid one that I hadn't thought of. Okay, okay, let's let's get uh, the opinion of Jin. What what's the like immediate threat that we're going to deal with, and what's the later simmering threat that comes down later? I honestly think right now the answer that I would give for both is the same, and I think that's Taronda. Um, I think Taronda is going to probably show a presence in the in the nine one raid where she's gonna show up. I don't know. There's a you know there's a there's a opinion that I and a lot of people have is that maybe Sylvanas can be like, no, I'm good now. What are you guys talking about? Um, you know, yeah, it's like five percent or something like that, like Jaina did. And then Toronto's gonna be like, nah, I don't care. You did. <laughs> <laughs> she could, right? I mean, she's been wandering around Torghast apparently is the what she's been doing this entire time. So, yeah. And if she does do something along those lines, obviously that would have huge impacts to the lore, just like they uh, they said that it would. And it would also, you know, leave it to if Tyrande was just like, okay, I killed her, and now I'm gonna go deal with like everything else, and she just pieces out again. You're like, well, that's not good. So. <laughs> So that's why I think, yeah, both. I think it's Toronto. Okay, okay. Uh, so then, shoe boots. What's the what's the immediate thread? The immediate thread for me has to be the, um, and it's hard to say to describe this as an event, but it's the whole storyline surrounding the Primus, uh, how we haven't found him, and uh, you know, if you pl when you level up, you sort of get to see the beginnings of Maldraxxus sort of rallying back towards. Uh, supporting the Primus, and if you play the Meldraxxus uh, storyline, you get to further that and build and sort of reunite the uh, the houses. Um, which, by the way, so far I've only done two of the Covenants uh, campaigns entirely. That's definitely my favorite. I love I love the whole storyline of Meldraxxus and and all the politics and getting everything back together. Um, you get uh, if you haven't done it, you actually get a Necropolis at one point called Zeracris. So it's like your own necropolis, um, which I thought was really cool. But you don't have a lot of forces. Like my my forces on my warlock are spread really thin, so I have to run the necropolis with a skeleton crew. Ooh. Oh dear <laughs> lord! Uh, but uh... <laughs> I'm gonna drink now. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think <laughs> yeah, I'll drink too. <laughs> um. <laughs> But no, I think the Primus is going to play a big role. And I know there's a lot of rumors that the Rune Carver is the Primus. I have my doubts, uh, mainly because of their fingers. Um, the Rune Carver has four fingers on each <laughs> hand. The Primus has three. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, I think that's great. In terms of the other part of the question, like, what's the long, long-term thing that's going to really come to fruition later? Um, I think it is the words of Anduin to Sylvanas. Uh, in the cutscene where he talked to her, where he re saw right through her, recognized that she was trying to kill the last bit of her morality. I think that the seeds of doubt have been sown 
and that is going to be an ongoing thread that is going to uh, come to fruition, certainly in the next patch, because we know who the uh, end boss of the next raid is. But um, uh, I think even beyond that, uh, that'll be the ma- that's the catalyst that's going to have a major effect on the end of this story arc that is Shadowlands. Okay, all right. Well, that actually relates to a question that I had in this list that I'm going to actually bring up right now. So, definitely in the cinematic, Sylvanas looks less uncomfortable about uh, Anduin's situation. So, do we believe there's going to be a redemption arc? Where do we think Sylvanas is going to end up at the end of 9.1 or at the end of Shadowlands? And, uh, Boots, keep going with the thought since you brought this up. Sure. Well, I mean, it's it's really anyone's guess what's going to happen at the end of, of the Corthia raid. Uh, it, it has a name, right? Is it Sanctum of Domination? Domination. Yeah. Sanctum, Sanctum of Domination. It's like a wing of uh, Torghast, I believe. Okay. So uh, as far as we know, Sylvanas is the last boss. Um, she's. It's unclear if she's going to die at the end of it or if, uh, if something else is going to happen. I will... Uh, I mean... No one knows for sure, but I would predict that she's not going to die. I don't think she's going to become a good guy per se, but I do think that a redemption arc uh, is in line for her. Um, maybe not a Illidan rejoin the good guys redemption arc. Maybe more of like a Darth Vader throws Emperor Palpatine down the Death Star chute, kind of uh, with his last uh, as his last action. Uh, sort of redemption line and i think that's great i know there's a lot of people that get all kind of like oh, blizzard uh, warcraft is too many redemption lines and to those people i say shut up <laughs> shut up yeah like go sit on a pine cone seriously like there's if storytelling is storytelling and like world of warcraft this is not you know, this is not a Coen Brothers movie. We're going to be using fantasy <laughs> tropes. And one fantasy trope that is great is a redemption arc. And I feel like we've been with Sylvanas too long to just cast her aside as an irredeemable bad guy. Especially, especially Manny, since we've put so much time into sowing these seeds that, that of her issue with hope. And uh, and how she tries so hard to kill that that part of her and has failed for so many times. This has been going on for years. Of course, this mm-hmm. has to pay off. Okay, all right. So then, Jared, you, where do you see uh, Sylvanas going as uh, one of the rank and file members of merely a Sylvanas apologist? <laughs> Kid grief. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't I I'm I'm kind of in Boots's camp here like where I don't I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a redemption like a traditional redemption where like she realizes all of her past mistakes and atones for them and and does something so vast and great to atone for those uh those mistakes uh, or misdeeds or you know what have you uh, I think it'll be just something, something where, like, we we as the audience realize that that she she knows that she's irredeemable, but also knows that she can't kill that last remnant of hope that is there, and will do something um, in order to do the right thing 
for a change that won't in any way, shape or form redeem her. And I feel, I still think that she's going to get killed this expansion, um, probably by Taronda's hand. Um, but I, it's not it's not going to be a redemption and to everyone belly aching that it's going to be a redemption i i agree with boots shut up <laughs> <laughs> all right well i've been told to shut up twice so let's have uh Jin. <laughs> let's have let's have Jin give us a thing what no, do shut you up feel? me no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay where do you feel that, you know, Sylvanas, after the entire tell yourself mistake, is uh, going to find herself <laughs> in 9.1? Where is Sylvanas going to find herself at 9.1? Well, she's going to find herself at the end of the raid. That's We know that. <laughs> and then we're going to fight her. And if I were to make any kind of predictions, I think that Sylvanas is going to have, I don't know, you all remember the the Algalon, the Observer, his little quote at the end where he's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, we thought this whole life was crap and blah, blah, blah. But it's like this whole free will and everything that because I think, honestly, Sylvanas was kind of a true believer in the jailer's plans as she was as it was explained to her. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to break the system. It, you know, free will for all. But now she's seeing what's happening to um which she sees what's going on with anduin and she's scratching her little you know head going i don't see any free will in all this so uh i feel like we we took the one step beyond that that i was willing to take because she's basically witnessing exactly what happened to her you know at the hands of arthas and she's not a fan of that she's a in fact i would probably say she was vehemently opposed to the treatment she received so honestly um i think jared is right i think eventually Toronto will kill her uh whether she gets resurrected or not i don't know that that is a possibility i mean i'm well i think she's got a couple valkyrs left right <laughs> she could <laughs> i mean i think now um, that she's back in the mall she's restocked on valkyrs so i think she's good yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean who yeah, knows point. who knows what's going to happen there so it's undead in the Shadowlands, and nah, I don't know. It gets it's Blizzard's game; they can do whatever the heck they want. So, <laughs> and we'll just all go. Oh yeah, sure, makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, I kind of think that she is going to quote unquote have a have her Darth Vader moment, kind of see the light for a moment, um, and turn against the Jailer. But I think Taronda is going to go down the horrible path that she is supposedly going down. And she's going to probably, if not kill her, uh, attempt to kill her. And then I think that's when we have to go deal with uh, Elune in 9.2. Yeah, because that's my telling you guys, Emerald Dream, it's going to happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I, I want to interject. Go ahead. I want to interject real quick because we did, we did get uh, some pretty heavy-handed uh, foreshadowing with regard to the night warrior in in the night fae covenant campaign right yep. so yeah it's gonna happen <laughs> okay all right well ali where do you see the tale of sylvanas going i've gone back and forth over this about redemption not redemption that kind of thing i think from blizzard's standpoint not so much lore just blizzard's standpoint 
over the last few years, we've seen that Sylvanas is one of those characters that people either really like or really don't like. And and there's a lot of passion tied into her. So I can see Blizzard trying to kind of awkwardly rock, walk that line between not a full, re- kind of like what everyone say, like maybe not a full redemption, but maybe something that's like kind of helpful or something. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to kill her and be done with her. I think there's going to be something that she does that's going to have a lasting effect. Mm-hmm. And I haven't decided what I think that's going to be. I, I've heard the theory that maybe she something happens and she takes the place of the jailer. M- maybe. I don't know how I feel about that, but maybe. Or maybe she'll be the one to sacrifice herself to and take out the jailer. Something like that. Maybe. I don't I don't think it's gonna be a full redemption though. And I see I'm I'm okay with redemption stories because I I'm a sucker for them sometimes. But we also have had a lot lately, and that's another topic that people tend to be a little passionate about. So I can see again Blizzard's just gonna awkwardly like just walk that line to try and make as many people as happy as possible. Okay. I don't know if it's gonna be good for the story, but I think it's what they're gonna do. <laughs> so the latest of Sylvanas' victims is the boy king Anduin. And Anduin is now under the control of the Jailer, but he seems to be fighting it. Now, this is a different situation to how Arthas was and to how Bolvar was. So, I want to ask you guys your opinions. Was Arthas trapped by his own mi- in his own mind, much like we are seeing with Anduin? And therefore, was it directly responsible for his actions? And why could Bolvar resist the uh, control for so long? Right? I'm going to throw this one back over to Shoeboots. Well, all right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show, Manny. Uh, <laughs> pleasure to be here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... Um... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on you there, Manny. I think there isn't much of a comparison here. I think that uh, Anduin is clearly being mind controlled, and neither Arthas nor Bolvar were being mind controlled. I think that uh, they were being influenced. They were certainly being affected by the Helm of Domination. Um, and I think if set aside Anduin for a moment, I think if you just look at Bolvar and Arthas, they both wear the same helm in the same world, subject to the same rules. Uh, now, you could maybe cast a bit of a difference in that Arthas wielded Frostmourne and Bolvar didn't. Um, but I think the way I've always interpreted it is that, um, yes, they're being influenced. Yes, there is suggestion happening in their mind trying to corrupt them. And we now know that that is the suggestion of the jailer, uh, if not directly from him by his minions. Um, and Arthas was susceptible to it because that's who Arthas was. He was a temperamental little boy uh, who probably without the helmet would not have committed genocide or killed his father. But with that helmet nudging him a little more towards the purest form of who he was, he did those things. Whereas Bolvar is the opposite. Bolvar was a a pure and true paladin. And so subjected to those same influences, he sat there and angrily and painfully withstood it and fought it for years until... uh, the opening cinematic of, of Shadowlands. So that's what I think is going on with those two. Um, 
As far as Anduin goes, I think Blizzard. I mean, I don't even think if you watch some of the interviews from BlizzCon Line, uh, Steve Danuser. Is it Danuser or Danuser? Danuser. Danuser. Both. Stevie D. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he said like that they purposely put things into the cinematic to try to signal to us like uh, they they made uh, they made. Um, the Archon's hand move after the stabbing to sort of communicate to you that she survived the attack. And they also did a bunch of uh, stuff with Anduin's eyes, right? Like he did the thing, he snapped out of the blue eyes and went, oh my God. And then all of a sudden you, there's the blue eyes were like, hey, no, come back, come back, come back. And, and Just like uh, that. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then he just kind of like, went calm again, like emotionless, right? So he's clearly being controlled. And, you know, why is that? Well, it's it, he's not wearing the Helm of Domination. This is not the same thing. Uh, is it something magical about the sword itself? Uh, Kingsmorn? I, I don't know. Is it, a, is it something that was done to him kind of off camera that we didn't see? I don't know. But he's clearly being controlled. And even the Archon recognized it, right? When he started talking, the Archon was like, you, right? Like, she knew that she wasn't talking to Anduin. She was talking to the Jailer. All right, Allie. So, I'm going to ask you, much the same, right? With Anduin's situation, how does it differ from uh, the past Lich Kings? And uh, why do you think that is? Let's go a little deeper. Well, I think, when, when specifically with Arthas, I think he made some of his choices freely before he ever touched Frostmourne even, before he put on the helm. And that, that was not my control. That, that was all just Arthas being a broken, broken person. And then obviously once he put on the helm, he was, you know, kind of made a, a puppet. Like I, I, I kind of wonder if there is a small part of him that was actually aware, especially because w when you kill him, you know, that final cinematic, you know, sees his dad is like, you know, is it over now? And his dad's like, yes, son. And so that makes me wonder if, if he, if there was a part of him there that was still aware. As for Bolvar, I think he was just that strong in the light. Plus, and plus, I, you know, we're in chat, they were talking, I, was it Jen? Someone's talking, oh, multi talking about uh, how Bolvar was bathed in Alex's life fire. You know, so the combination of being strong in the light with being a paladin and then that, like, I think that gave Bolvar the ability to hold the jailer at bay, which is why the jailer was like, we need to get that helm <laughs> because I need a way into Azeroth. So I think that definitely set those two apart. And I think with Anduin, first off, I want to know more about that little shard that was shoved into Kingsmourne that like they hammered in there. And I was yeah. like, what, what, what was that? Um, Cause <laughs> that could tell us something honestly, but I mean, we see on the, the armor, like, it's got all the runes, plus it's got Kingsmourne. So I think those are being used to subjugate him. And I I think between Arthas being young and already, you know, had a really rough life with everything that's been dealt to him, I think it was probably maybe easier for the Jailer to subjugate him and do his stuff. Maybe. Okay. And uh, how does that differ from Anduin, who is very much being paralleled, showed, showed, not even paralleled, but 
they constantly show and contrast him to uh, to Arthas. I think the difference is that Arthas was, I mean, yeah, sure, he went through the heartbreak of losing Invincible and so much to the point that he still won't give it to me. Um, but I, I, and, and he, yeah, like he, he is broken and went through a lot with, you know, Stratham and whatnot, but I think Arthas was kind of older and had lived a little more of his life and he did make those choices he made, like killing his own father and that kind of thing. And I think it just, while there are definitely very much a lot of parallels, I think that Anduin still was just maybe... A little, a little easier to subjugate. All right, Jared, you're up. Tell me, tell me about your speculation on why you feel that there are the differences, or maybe there weren't differences, between all of these Lich Kings. Man, I'm so glad that we did an entire episode <laughs> dedicated to comparing Arthas to Anduin, um, because otherwise I would not, uh, would not have been prepared to answer this. In the slightest. Okay. Um, Being prepared is BC. We're talking about Wrath of Lich King here. <laughs> <laughs> I see Drink. what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, I'm going to kind of echo some of the, the things that have been said just to reiterate them. But uh, Arthas, Arthas definitely made his own choices. Um uh, and uh, Anduin is definitely not uh, like comparing comparing Anduin to the Lich King uh, is kind of kind of a moot point because both Anduin or not not Anduin the other two that aren't Anduin both chose to put on the Helm of Domination, uh, whereas Anduin he. Well, we actually don't know exactly what happened in the moment uh, yeah, after and after that confrontation between Anduin and Sylvanas. So we don't know for certain. We just know the result, which is that Anduin is under the control of the Jailer now. Um, so when I when I look at these characters, I look at. Uh, I look at like what their motivations are um, and Arthas's motivations are just vastly different from Anduin's like Anduin is like completely selfless. Whereas Arthas was completely selfish. And I think that does a lot to tell the story of Arthas's downfall of his, his path towards becoming the Lich King. Um, so I guess looking at Arthas and Bolvar, the difference there is that Arthas was looking for power when he came across Frostborn and the Helm of Domination, whereas Bolvar had the intention of keeping that power locked away for as long as possible so that no one, nothing, you know, terribly bad would happen. So I think intention has a lot to do with an individual's powers, uh, and what you're able to do with those powers that are granted by uh, by the jailer's magic. So who knows? Maybe uh, that'll be you know the the ultimate thing that does in the jailer by the end of this expansion is Arthas's uh, Anduin. Anduin. 
<laughs> Anduin's um, unwillingness to to do his bidding. Uh, I think I think that will play a huge part in everything, and I think that the jailer kind of knows that and is doing everything that he can and will continue to do everything that he can to keep uh, Arthas, keep Anduin under as strict control as possible. Good grief. I need to drink some more. Move on to someone else, please. <laughs> okay, Jin, you are up. Take us home. Tell, let us know what your theory is between why there are such dark differences between Arthas, Anduin, and Bulvar. All right, well, let's we'll start at the beginning. All right, so in the beginning, there was the void and the light, and then, okay, let me... <laughs> okay, let's fast forward a little bit. Okay, let's fast forward a little bit, or fast forward. All right, so... Uh, one of the big, big issues here is, okay, Arthas, as the, as the character, uh, you have to remember, was being influenced, you know, subtly by the, you know, the machinations and the, the whispers of the Dreadlords, as well as, you know, the, the current Lich King at the time, which was Ner'zhul. So Ner'zhul saying, hey, guy, you got to do this, blah, 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 blah. And the one thing, the one driving factor that, Arthas was operating at the time is he was dealing with the insane trauma of, you know, basically I need to save my people from this horrible catastrophe that's currently happening right now. Like that was his driving motivation. And Frostmourne was, you know, presented to him. Yes. He had done some pretty terrible things before he even had gotten Frostmourne, but it was all in this Malganus is this horrible, horrible thing that I need to deal with. I need to make sure that we're, you know, we're dealing with um, with this, because if we don't deal with the source, it's just going to come right back and it's going to be even worse. There's going to be more infected grain. It's just going to be going to be awful. So that's kind of where Arthas was at, because. But the reason why I see Arthas and Anduin is very different is Anduin put Anduin. Let's just say, all right, give him put him in the same age range that Arthas was when he was standing in front of Frostmourne and, you know, Muradin saying like, ah, crap, it's cursed. Anduin would have walked away. He would have said, yeah, it's not worth going down that far. Um, I very much, you know, you know, love and want to protect my people, but I'm not willing to go down that path because he doesn't know how terrible that, that is. So I think that's one of the big differences. And then if you compare Bolvar, Bolvar was just, a, you know, he's your standard, you know, commander of, of, of troops. He is, you know, a, I believe he was technically a paladin. It really didn't go into it too much, but I'm pretty sure he was a paladin. And the big thing with him is he put on the helm only to hold back the, basically, he would be the, the shield to protect the entire world of Azeroth from you know, the scourge just running rampant. He was going to be that bulwark to keep, you know, everyone else safe. And Anduin probably falls in the in the same category as as, as Bolvar, because you know, Bolvar had the the added benefit of you know he burnt by the flames of, uh, of you know the Alexstrasza and all that, so he had a little bit of an edge because you know life, death, kind of opposite ends of the same spectrum so a little bit of an edge there to be able to hold back the you know the will of the jailer um and on the other hand i mean he's dealing with right with the source he's not just putting a hat on where he's getting whispers and you know someone's talking to him or something it's you know 
it's basically the the jailer just shoved the suit of armor on him and was like, no, you're going to freaking do it. And then we get, you know, Sylvanas giving side eyes going like, I don't know if I like this. This is, <laughs> I'm not really sure if I'm down to do this. So honestly, then, so with all the parallels that I think Blizzard is basically like going, there's so many parallels. I'm like, yeah, but they're totally different people with so many different, you know, motivations and, and feelings about this. So I, I don't really see the exact parallels because um, Anduin has, has always come across as very selfless. Like he always wanted to do the right thing for his people. And one of the, one of the best, you know, quotes was actually from, I think it was lost honor where he felt genuinely upset how many people that he was having to send to war during BFA. And he's like, we're going to be sending, you know, farmers next, you know, like where does it end? Like this, this war is just literally killing us. And Gen's like, bah, 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 yeah, but we got to kill the bench. And we, you know, Sylvanas is still out there. We got to, we got to stop her. And he's like, I don't know if this is the right idea. So obviously he takes the, you know, that interesting step that no one else probably would have done uh, in his same position of just letting Sarfang out saying like, look, I can't stop her. Not without you. So, I mean, I think I'm, Honestly, because I, you know, again, swap the, swap the roles. Arthas would have sent everything after Sylvanas, and he would have been like, "No, he's a horde sympathizer. Leave him rot in the stockades. It's fine." Like, I, like, you know, there are many moments where you can see the decisions that these characters are making, and you just see where the other one would have done something completely different. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can definitely agree with that. Okay, so, so can, so can Jin's cat. <laughs> yeah she wanted to go out to say yeah. every time <laughs> all right so shifting gears here we are finally getting a look at broker culture in the uh, veiled market tavrash you know the new mega dungeon <laughs> so proud so proud <laughs> there have been multiple hints that the jailers are up to something von zombies literally tells us they're up to something so Dead tricky. <laughs> now that we're going into broker culture, what do you think we're going to uncover in the veiled market? Let's start this one with Allie. I'm so so excited about the mega dungeon. <laughs> because just to so everyone knows, since I have this moment right now, it is mega. So it has to be epic and metal. That's why it's mega dungeon. Same. So <laughs> I I have this crazy theory and it could be totally wrong, but I have this theory that the ethereals and the brokers are somehow cousins or something. They're just there's too many similarities there between them or like warring cartel. Like just something. I One think there's has some kind of connection there. And the other has four. Okay, sure. But <laughs> Might be onto something there. Yes, so I, I I I do think there's some kind of connection between them. Again, I could be entirely wrong, but I'm I'm eager to know that. I think because the brokers have spent millennia hunting for various artifacts and whatnot, I think we're going to be finding out a lot of lore bombs in there. I'm I'm hoping so. I think we're going to find out more about first ones, maybe even a loon. Like I think I think we're going to get some really really big stuff in there because they they seem to know things and i don't 
I don't know what they're up to with all their trickery, but I don't, I don't trust them. <laughs> and I want to know why. And I think I'm wondering if they are going to be those people that think they have a handle on everything, even with what like the like dreadlords and everyone are up to. And so maybe they think they're just going to be able to use all this information to warp everything to their will, maybe. But in the end, they're, they're just going to fail. I don't know how, but they're going to. But yeah, I'm going to say first one's in a loon. I could keep rambling because I get really excited about this place, but <laughs> that's what I'm going to go with. Shoe Boots, what do you think the brokers are up to? What do you think we'll find in the Veiled Market? Uh, not much. I think. <laughs> I Okay, look, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be a downer, but we've had two mega dungeons so far, and neither Is of them has wrong? had a... Me- <laughs> we've had two mega dungeons <laughs> so, far, so far we'll edit um, in post it's okay keep going and they they've both been <laughs> they've both been fantastic for the game they've been super fun right return to karazan and mechagon have both been amazing additions to the game uh, yeah. They both provided some fun tidbits lore-wise, but neither of them really pushed the overall story forward. And uh, I'm guessing that that's going to be similar to to this dungeon. I think this is going to be fun, um, but I don't think that this is going to push uh, some. I don't. I mean, there might be some little little bits of teases, and I do think we are going to learn about a loon at some point in this expansion. But I don't think it's going to be from this dungeon. I think this is just going to be sort of a goofy place. I mean, we've got a a, a damned pirate dragon uh, boss. Like this is this is meant to be fun, like Mechagon was, and um, and frankly, I'm I'm okay with that because I like the uh, the uh, uh, brokers a lot, and I think what would make them great would be to put them on the shelf for a while and let us spend a few expansions wondering what the hell they are. And then at some point, let us learn more about them when the time is right. I don't think we need to know everything there is to know about the brokers in patch 9.1 when they first came into the game in 9.0. So I could be wrong, but that's that's what I that's what I hope for, and that's what I think is uh, uh, is going to happen. Um, I think they should be mysterious, and I think and I hope that we learn more about them. But I hope that they still remain largely a mystery as to what they are by the end of this. I, I hope they give us some more to be like, oh my God, what are they? But I want to think, I want to spend, I want to spend a while thinking about them, uh, wondering what they're up to, just like I do with the Ethereals and and Bud from Cataclysm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sailing! <laughs> okay, so next we'll go to the podcaster with the wagging tail. Jared, what do you think we're going to get from, Bel- uh, sorry, from uh, the Veiled Market? <laughs> Um, I don't really think that there is like a whole lot of lore stuff that we will find. I think, I think there will be an immense amount of Easter eggs to uncover in that dungeon. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but as far as like consequential lore, uh, I think that they, I, it, it is my opinion that the brokers are to, uh, to death as the ethereals are to, uh, to the shadow. I have a dog that is begging for pets. That's, oh, that's yeah. not your tail. Okay. Yeah, not, not my tail. Not my tail. 
but uh, I do think uh, that they they may uh, have you know they may be pulling some strings uh, as far as what what has been going on uh, and will definitely be uh, a force that shapes the future of the Shadowlands. Um, but I don't I don't really think that there's anything like inherently good or evil about them i think that they're just uh, they're just a race of beings trying to trying to make some money and try to not get killed by things that are probably much stronger than they are uh but i like on that same note like any race that can successfully get a dragon to wear a pirate hat without incinerating them i think i think that they're they might have something up their sleeves you know Wow, that, that's a lot of PR. I'm going to hope that, Jin, you aren't bought out and uh, completely owned by the brokers, and maybe you'll tell us what kind of truths we're going to find in the Veiled Market. What are we going to find in the Veiled Market? I mean, I'm sure we're going to find some great low, low prices, um, <laughs> some rollbacks all over the place. Um, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm pretty sure we're gonna, maybe there's a cheaper WoW token that could be found. Like, I'd, I'd be down with that. Um, but if we're, I mean, are we going to find any truths there as someone who, you know, is all, they're just there to make a buck. I mean, really they're in many ways, they're, they're like the, the consortium, right? The, uh, the car of the, but they call themselves the cartel or uh, there's another thing that calls themselves cartel. Oh yeah. Goblins. They're basically just <laughs> space goblins. Okay. Or afterlife goblins. So Honestly, I don't think the brokers give any two craps of who is going to be the victor in the end. They just want to make them make some money while this is going down. They are just, you know, neutral Switzerland, you know, you know, taking some money from the from Germany and the allies. And they don't care. They're just like, nope, <laughs> as long as there's money to be made, I'm good. But. However, since they are super into money, they may have found a few artifacts that are going to be an amazing, like some some good finds. So, like the Easter eggs. Honestly, there is a chance that we could find Preface Volume Two in this mega dungeon, because hey, they collect things, and they're like, "This seems important. I'll put this in my back pocket, and maybe That'd I can make it." Amazing. So. <laughs> Yeah, that that I mean, would be an amazing find, and right along the lines of the uh, Easter eggs that Jared was speaking of. So, yeah, that that could be sweet. Uh, you know, the uh, just a thought occurred to me while everyone else was talking. The brokers represent because we've kind of had this, these hints that uh, the Warcraft universe is, is in the process of expanding. Right, we are in the Shadowlands right now, but this is probably not the first, uh, you know realm outside of reality that we're going to visit in this story wouldn't it be cool if the brokers were sort of a constant in all of these places they seem to uh just be a race that is not limited by the realms that the rest of us are the brokers aren't the only ones holding secrets in 9.1 we're going to journey into corthia the so-called city of secrets and that, we know, is a realm connected to the First Ones. They have told us that much. So as we journey into the City of Secrets, where do you think the story is going to lead from there? Let's go back to Jin. Um, where is Corthia, the City of Secrets, 
going to lead us. All right, I got something to tell you. So here we go. You ready for this? Oh my. Ooh. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's the city of secrets, okay? Um, it's clearly the first ones. There's some things going on with that. Um, there's going to be maybe some Dreadlord goodness. But I can speculate all day long, and it's going to be everyone. I mean, hey, get let's get on the bingo card, everybody. Okay, uh, I'm putting it on B9. Dreadlords are totally made by Zyrdenathrius. And, oh, we finally found out who the uh, Dreadlord is that's messing with the Realm of Life. So there you go. There's That's yeah, B9. There's my square. That's the one I, I put it on. Jared, where are you going to throw your square in the uh, secret lotto? <sighs> well, I can't. I can't beat that. Just, uh, just say Dreadlord from uh, from the void. Your camera doesn't zoom in. No, I can't. I can't, I can't manually zoom my camera in. Unfortunately. <laughs> I could, oh, but I'd gosh. have to set up a different software. I didn't do it. I don't have that software running right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> no, but um. I think uh, with with the Dreadlords, like I, we we all have to be in agreement here that one of the of the people that we saved from from Torghast has to be a Dreadlord implant, right? So, like, am, am, am I the only one? Since the Broken Shore, I'm just the I just am I the only one? No, I'm, no, you're not the like, only one. Like Jaina or or Thrall or no. no. Like, one of them has to be oh, an implant, No, I, right? I made that joke. I said that they replaced one of the survivors w with a Dreadlord to trick us, and now Blizzard gets to twist the knife and say, Ha-ha, Jaina is a Dreadlord! But no, but no, see, like, legit, like, and I'm, I'm not trying to, like, like step on your toes there, Jared, just to, to like, defend you. I, I, have, I have this theory that Thrall's not going to last this expansion, and that's why during BlizzCon Line they did the whole, like, here's Thrall's life, because... Chris Mutson's off doing awesome things, and he's not going to come back into Thrall. So maybe Malganus has replaced Thrall. Bomb, 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 drama. Okay, sorry, continue. See, I follow that logic, and uh, a a good dear friend of mine, uh, my co-host on Merely Setback, Sharku, has this theory that he's hell-bent on that Jaina kills. Doesn't Thrall. sound like Sharku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you throwing Jesse really go the through the and what is going on there Jared wow that's really rude of you my goodness <laughs> but he's he's got this theory Jana kills Thrall and that's how Thrall goes uh, is by Jana's hand uh, and I've done I've done some thinking on this alright so, so follow me here um, so there was only one of the people when we first arrived in Torghast, there was only one person that we met there that wasn't like injured or imprisoned at all. Who was it? Who was it? Bane? Uh, Jaina? No. It, it was Jaina? No, it was Jaina. Bane. Bane was outside she of the game. There's a cutscene of her screaming from torture. Yeah, she's like uh, in no, the no, no, she's no, no. in the fire because apparently the lady doesn't he's know how to do any other element. It's the intro. It's the it's the intro thing. When, so when uh, we find them. Okay. 
when we oh, find her. Yeah. Paul is injured. Jaina is not. No, we find no. we find uh, uh, Bane. He is uh, thrown off the cliff. Yeah, he's yeah. he's mortally wounded. Uh, Anduin is in chains. Like of the three that that we then went in to save from Torghast, there was only <laughs> one. It's also only one. <laughs> There's also Sorry, the facial one expressions. that only wants to go back and, uh, or no, good grief. There's only one that, okay, that Charlie Brown doesn't want to go back into Torghast to try and, and save the others, and that's Jaina. Okay, I, I, I'm. Does anyone else give, remember this? I'm gonna give. No, you, you're, you're not wrong. This? You're not wrong. I'm, it's. <laughs> Can I go next, man? Yes, you can go next. <laughs> go ahead. It's going to explode. Times like this that I truly miss my time on merely a setback because <laughs> I, would, I would love to de deconstruct Sharku's theory with rigor, but I have to do it vicariously through Jared. <laughs> Gives me more downloads. I'm good for it. If Jaina was a dread... <laughs> If Jaina was a dreadlord then, she would have escaped with us. Why would she get captured and then we have to go rescue her? Give it doesn't make any sense. It's if, an if, illusion of disguise. Honey potting. So, honey so you're proposing that the jailer planned for us to escape in the first place and planned for his implant not to join us and then planned for us to come back to Torghast to make and it rescue more his implant that for some reason felt the need to be the implant both before that moment and after that moment. It's villain logic, clearly. It, it's <laughs> ludicrous. Maybe his plan A didn't work, so this is his plan B. This is, this is an obnoxious theory, and we can't, <laughs> we can't support it in good conscience. <laughs> the, look, Jaina is... Look, none of them are dreadlords, okay? And I'll... And I'll <laughs> And, and if they are, that's bad writing. And I'll tell you why. Because there's no hints. There's nothing, unless there's Actually, something... there is. <laughs> <laughs> Finish, shoot, and then we're going to get the... We're gonna get the it's the dumbest hint on the planet. And I, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what the hints are. Um, it's really stupid. Are you ready for this? Because I'm on your side, shoot, but I'm going to let you I'm gonna let you know what the hints are. Okay. Okay, okay. So... What is the crystal that they stuck into uh, Kingsborn, right? It's blue crystal. They're like, beep, 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 right? Blue crystal. Just go with me. It's dumb. I, I do not agree with this, but I'm going to tell you what the clues are. All right. Now, who else has blue crystals with them? Thrall apparently has his axe back that he threw at Helia, and it has a blue crystal at the end of the hilt. All right. Bane has some, like, blue je jewelry in his stupid little headdress thing. All right. And then Jaina, she's got her staff. It's blue. We get it. Uh, and then um, I think that's all of them. Yeah. Did, did, what? It's dumb. They, okay. Just, just, just go with they, it. Did they change Bane's model at some point? And, like, does it not make sense? Like, Thrall picked up that axe that belonged to the Mossworn. Of course it would have a blue gem in it. Oh my god! Yeah, but he got 
He got back what? his old model when he got. No, I got I get it. Reason. Yeah, a bunch of people went online and Q told them that this is the what's actually happening, <laughs> and that. <laughs> on on and yeah, I get it. On no, I get on March fourth, Thrall will become the real jailer. I get it. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> Oh. Like, <laughs> hey, why don't I miss half my listeners? <laughs> oh my god! Half of them left in disgust, and the other half just had an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> the unbelievable. Okay, so no, I think we can con- look. No, no. What, what was the question, anyways? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> What are the what are the secrets? The uh, secrets that right. we're gonna get from the first ones, and the okay. and the city of secrets, Corthia. Okay, well, I I uh, you know we're I think we're definitely gonna get something about the first ones. We're gonna get some sort of explanation uh, in in standard Blizzard style. I don't think we're gonna get everything, but we're gonna get some sort of idea of who they are. Um, I'm really hopeful that it is revealed that a loon is a first one because I, I think that she is. Um, um, and I think that these are We're going to get some major seeds planted for the foreseeable future uh, for uh, the world of Warcraft storyline. But for me, it's all about the dreadlords. Uh, and I'm glad that multiple people have mentioned it already. I, I, I mean, I've been talking about this for a long time and I'm not alone. Uh, the dreadlords are, are the key to everything, right? They've, we, you know, uh, Jin mentioned the, the preface already. Like we know that they've infiltrated uh, at least a number of the highest forms of the, of the, of the six powers, like the, uh, and who knows where it goes from there. So I'm really hoping we're going to see some real truth about the dreadlords. I don't think we're going to get everything about them, but what I would really like to see is a clear explanation of what role the Dreadlords played in the Burning Legion, the creation of Frostmourne, the creation of the Helm of Domination. How did that all play out? I mean, it seems pretty clear that uh, that they were planted into the Legion to uh, to instigate the whole Burning Crusade. Uh, to me, that seems clear anyway. And I, I just I would like to see that confirmed. I would like to see some sort of like solid information, whether it's preface volume two. I don't know, but uh, I, I want I want to see that play out. I want to learn about that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the I made a note here. The Primus tells us in Maldraxxus that the Jailer did not act alone, that he had quote-unquote ancient allies. And I think that those allies are the Dreadlords. I think the Dreadlords are tied directly to the first ones. How? I don't know. Are they tied directly to Denath- Denathrius? Yes, I think they are. Um did he sire them? Probably. Uh, how does well, that work? I don't know. All right. Real quick interjection. I just have to point out that um, Shuboots, who is the Winter Queen's sister? The Winter Queen's sister is Elune. Okay. Is the Winter Queen a first one? No, but maybe she's a second one. Okay. That's all. That's, <laughs> okay. that's in my opinion. <laughs> Can just say, I don't yeah. think Elune is the first one. I think she is tied to the Emerald Dream, and Emerald Dream is kind of like an offshoot of the main powers, in my opinion. Um, not the realm of life. It's the it's the sister realm of Ardenweald. So that's that's just. I, I take. I'm your just point. saying. 
I don't yeah, think like, Elune is is a is a first one. I I mean, if she's if it turns out she's not, I'm not gonna eat my hat. But I I think that uh, it would be a cool way to go with the story. I do. But think what if it was a ham hat? Then it would be. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go down that tangent right now. <laughs> after the show, uh, I will tell everybody about ham hat. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Google, if you're not okay, Google Ham Hat. It is the funniest thing ever put on the internet. It disappeared for a long time, and now it's back. Okay, hit me up if you can't find the link. Um, what was I saying? I, I do. I do uh, want to interject. Have I not put post uh, put this question of what we're going to find in the City of Secrets to any of you yet? We had a bounce. I mean, you did. Back. I said I don't know. Yeah, you definitely. You definitely <laughs> yeah. said I don't know. <laughs> hit well, it out I mean, of the park with that one <laughs> i guess I, I mean I, I i guess i'm kind of hopefully speaking about what i do want to find mm-hmm. i think jin's right none of us really know yeah um but uh i think that um i think that this zone is is go- it needs to answer some of these questions it doesn't need to resolve everything but i feel like we've been waiting patiently pretty much since legion for some of these answers and uh the time has come to deliver it's the city of damn secrets. Like, give us some secrets. Um, <laughs> but not Ilganoth secrets. <laughs> gonna give us the, it's gonna, the city of already knowns. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, some good secrets. Like, it's obviously not, like, my bank card pin. Like, that's not the secret that's in there. There's, there's going to be... Uh, starts the one, by the way. I'll leave the rest up to you. Um, the uh... <laughs> Jin figured it out. Um... <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I think if you're going to call this place the City of Secrets, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to bring it. And it's time to, it's time to drop some lore bombs on us. And we had, we've had a ton uh, since Shadowlands was announced. But uh, I, I think it's time to move this forward. We've been teased with the first ones. We've been teased with uh, this idea that there might be multiple pantheons, uh, this idea of like, who the hell is the Winter Queen's sister? How does that work? Do they have a dad? Are they just like sisters from another mister? How to like, uh, I, I don't know. Um, so it's time, it's time to start laying that out a bit. And they did, and Blizzard did an amazing job, I think, of really laying out how things work in the Shadowlands, both before the release and in the storyline, we we all have a really good understanding about how these four realms operate politically, uh, the hierarchy, fundamentally, how the power works, what matters to these people. I thought it was just an amazing job. And now I want to kind of see some of that for the bigger questions of the expansion. So, Allie, do you have anything to add before I uh, move on to another question? No, I think we can move on. Okay. Thank so God. we've been focused very much... <laughs> On the Shadowlands. But we left a lot of people behind in Azeroth when we stepped in uh, into the Realms of Death. Who among the f- uh, people left behind would you like to have join us in 9.1 as the story continues? And Allie, let's start with you. Well, selfishly, because I miss my boyfriend, I went Flynn Fairwind to come through and hand me my infinite pirate dragon mount on a silver platter and be like, here you go. But in all reality, 
I would be intrigued to see some weird version of Medivh. Because I feel like Medivh would know various secrets of the universe by now through various things with Sargeras and whatnot. And he's been off, you know, doing ghosty Medivh vision quest, whatever. So I'd be kind of intrigued if all of a sudden he showed up. He's like, let me tell you these things. And it, it would be cool. I don't know if that's really where it goes, but that was my first thought, honestly, when I saw this question. Um, I, I feel like I have to do a PSA at this time. Uh, we know that the infinite pirate dragon will not be a mount initially. Yet. Yes, Yet. initially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it has so other stories to tell us. For, for all the people mean? telling us riot, please, 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 please put your pitchforks down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe grab up a pen and paper. We can start a letter campaign, but uh, it's not happening <laughs> in their current plans. But aside from that, <laughs> Jared, Jared from Jared RPG, that is, going to you now. What character would you want brought into the Shadowlands from Azeroth? I want Illyria to come through. Like 100%. I just want Illyria. In the Shadowlands, because I think I think having her there would make an interesting dynamic um, with with her sister and also with with Taronda as well, because like Taronda's like wanting to kill Illyria's sister. Illyria at least wants to capture her sister, but I think that she she would ultimately be hesitant to kill Sylvanas. So I think I think that, that could make for for some interesting story where Sylvan or Lyria shows up and uh, is kind of just like, hey, I'm gonna help you guys track Sylvanas down and bring her to justice, and uh, like she shows up just at the right minute or at the last moment right before Taronda is about to kill Sylvanas, and like I I, I think that, that would be awesome. I don't think it's gonna happen, but. I, I would like to see some more interaction between Illyria and Sylvanas. Chew Boots, let's go to you. The character you want to see come from Azeroth, and what role do you want to see them play? Uh, mostly my alts. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see them play the role of getting played. Uh, the <laughs> uh, This is a tough question, um, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but but I'll, I'll answer it first. Um, the two characters that came to mind for different reasons, one was Khadgar. Um, because first of all, I love Cadgar. I miss him. I wish he was still in the game, uh, central to the plot. Um, and, uh, I think it would be kind of interesting for him to come and study the Shadowlands the way that he studied the Naru and Outland for all those years before we found him again. Um, so I think that would be really fun. Uh, the other, the other, uh, one I would say, and I, it's kind of building a bit on what Jared had to say is, is Verisa. Um, and Verisa Windrunner would be cool because I think Verisa might be the key to Sylvanas's undoing emotionally, right? Verisa was the one that stilled her hand in the Three Sisters comic by just apologizing to her. And Verisa was the one that's, that uh, uh, initially accepted Sylvanas um, as an undead. Uh, and of course, in, in, uh, in the War Crimes novel, and of course that went south because Sylvanas uh, wanted to kill her which, you know, tough to come back from. But uh, uh, I just think that there's something there. Illyria is not going to be that person that's going to have 
that emotional connection with with Sylvanas. Illyria is going to be really interesting dramatically because Illyria and Sylvanas have this sort of like you, we saw the buildup in the opening of Battle for Azeroth. Like these two want to come to blows. Um, so yeah, Verisa. But I will say that the reason I struggle with this question is because the people that I really want are already there, but we haven't really got to see what we want to see with them. Um, and those are Sylva uh, are uh, Jaina, Thrall, Bane, and Anduin. Uh, these are the people that if they weren't there, they would be my first choices. I want Jane and, and they're all there so far. We've just rescued them and they're just kind of sitting around being like, Oh man, that was tough. But uh, hopefully they'll, uh, they'll get up and start doing stuff. I want to see the uh, Shadowlands presents this amazing opportunity to revisit stories that prior to Shadowlands, we couldn't possibly have revisited because the characters had died. I want to see Jaina meet her father. I want to see Thrall meet his mother and his father and Garrosh. I want to see him meet uh, Teresa Foxton. You know, I want to see some closure to these stories that we have this unique opportunity to explore. Bane needs to meet Cairn, right? And and Anduin, I don't know if if Varian is, yeah, yeah. If Varian's in the Shadowlands, uh, and uh, what's what was Varian's? wife's name was it tiffin tiffin, tiffin. tiffin. yeah tiffin we need tiffin's there right i did uh, yeah um then I, that's what i want to see i want to see those those moments and i or I, even just to is very in there i'm not clear if uh if a soul gets consumed by the fell if it even crosses over or if it's just gone so i'm not sure if varian's actually there but i'd love an answer to that question um so those are the people that ironically I want to see with us the most, and they are technically there, but we haven't really explored what we all really want to explore with these characters yet. So, last but not least, who would you like to see brought to the Shadowlands, and what role would you like to have them play? All right, this is, uh, yeah, I know everyone else has been kind of like, this is a hard question. No, this is not a hard question for me, because there's one character that has... <laughs> Did did one amazing thing during a Darkshore cinematic that I would like them to play a role in Shadowlands, and that is Malfury and Stormrage. I want them to show up and see how far Tyrande has gone, and either be one, help her embrace you know something a little less creepy, violence and awful. Or if you want to go full George R. R. Martin, he has—he's the one who has to kill her. So if you want some storytelling, I'm just telling you right there, that's that's how you get it. Um, Malfurion is—he's pissed off too. I mean, we saw tell her we are coming, right? That one. Mm -hmm. The only time the voice actor ever did a good decent job at Malfurion. <laughs> so, so let's do that. Um, I want to see some more angry Malfurion. I want to see some some vengeance from him. But at the same time, Malfurion was always that one that, you know, he never went the full line of, you know, friggin' um, Illidan. He he was always more restrained, even though he technically caused the Sundering. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, like, if you read the novels with Malfurion, dude's a badass. But we when we see him in the game, he's doing the Tyrande. Okay, Come on, it's not. Give me a cool Malfurion. 
that that's that's what I want. I want I want the Malfurion from the Dark Shore cinematic to show back up and be like, hey, Taronda, not Taronda, no, Taronda, uh, get your shit together. Let's go. We're going home. All right. Sylvanas has been dealt with. We got to go. Okay. You, no, you're not going to listen to me. You're dead. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's that's kind of where I want to take it. Do I want to see Taronda dead? No, no, I do not. Um, but yeah, that's 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 I want to see something with Malfurion. So the final question I have to put to you guys is actually submitted by a fan of for Azeroth. This was submitted in uh, my Discord, and so the question is: Do you feel that the weight of death has been diminished for future expansions? Do you believe that Machine of Death will be reset at the end of Shadowlands expansion? Or do you think that it's going to be changed forever? How is death going to play its part in the future? And let's go to uh, Jared. Uh, I, I personally think that the Machine of Death is not going to be what it has been the whole time i think for like mechanical purposes like obviously we can't have characters that just outright die like playable characters that just outright die so they they still have to have like some sort of in-game explanation as to as to what happens when the player character dies and i, I think that that they kind of have had to keep that in mind with the the mechanics of death for the entire universe with the role that uh, that the Kyrians have. So I think some semblance of what we know now as the, the machine of death will remain, but I think it will be radically different from what we know now by the end of this expansion. Ali, same question to you. Where do you think the machine of death will be and death as a whole will be at the end of Shadowlands? I think it's going to be changed forever. I think... We're going to be learning so many new things about this process and between what the jailer is up to, what Savannah may or may not do, if jailer succeeds or not, I, I don't know. But I think it's going to be changed forever. And I think I'm, I have a hard time answering if the weight of death has been dis diminished because we don't know what that result is yet. I think... It's going to feel different, but it kind of, if I go with my theory of it being changed, it's kind of hard to say if it's going to be diminished or not. All right. So, Shoe Boots, going to you now. Where do you um, think Death will be and Shadowlands will be at the end of expansion? So, uh, I'm probably in Allie's corner quite a bit here. Uh, I, I, I think it'll be different, but, uh, I don't think it'll be diminished. Um, I think World of Warcraft has always been really great at writing this interesting line of, of when a character dies, we feel it. We feel the finality of it. Um, and then at the same time, characters magically come back all the time in this game, and we're just sort of cool with it. I mean, we joke about it a bit, but like, uh, I emotionally have felt felt it when several characters in this game have died. And uh, if they were to come back, I wouldn't really think too much about it. Uh, it's just sort of something that happens in this game and I think will continue to happen. Uh, will, I mean, in my mind, I think that like 
Blizzard will most likely treat this expansion the way that they treat Warlords of Draenor in that canonically we can't really go there anymore. Um, we can for gameplay reasons, but I think that's probably going to be the case. Will it be different? Yeah, I think it'll be different. Uh, uh, you know, obviously there's teasing in the Kyrian storyline about how the Archon saying, you know, we're going to have to rethink the way that we run things around here uh, once we get deal with this Jailer problem. So, like, that covenant is going to change. Obviously, Revendreth's going to change. Denathrius isn't around anymore. Remains to be seen if the Primus will return um, or if there will be a new tri Primus. Um, so these covenants are going to change. I'm not really sure how uh, Ardenweald would change yet, but, um, but generally speaking, there's going to be some differences. But I still think that souls are going to cross over to the Shadowlands and that some some version of the machine will will continue to exist. Um, but I mean, there could be some big lore bomb that is yet to drop that will totally change my opinion on that. And so, Jin, we go to you. Where do you think death will be and Shadowlands will be at the end of this expansion? All right, well, ultimately I do not think like the... the concept or the feeling or the weight of death has been diminished for future expansions because um and then that's obviously going to be seen if that sentiment is true because if you know if if the machine of death is completely altered to the point where it's like oh this is that we already know what afterlives is after this I mean, it could possibly but i don't think that i don't think that's how the expansion of shadowlands is going to end that is going to take the weight away from you know when you lose someone um because you know death is hard for for everyone but do i think the machine of death will be uh we reset or change in any way um i honestly think that we're gonna find out what the what the relationship between the arbiter and the jailer really is because i mean they're the only ones that got the weird creepy hole in their chest right um, there's a feeling that I have, have had for a while that the Arbiter was just a construct to replace the Jailer in his original role. That's that's why they probably ripped whatever was out of uh, his chest and stuck it in the Arbiter. Um, and then my kind of biggest question that I had for the longest time was, why was the Maw the default state? You know, you broke you break the Arbiter, everything starts funneling to the Maw, the Maw even though that was like the last place any soul went to it they're like okay if probably revendreth always in this case but like it almost never sent souls to the mall but as soon as they broke the arbiter all went to the mall and that's why i was like oh, this is some weird logic you got put in place in orbos right because as you can clearly see orbos is a weird construct that the first ones created <laughs> and built something clearly the arbiter or something like that to funnel the souls elsewhere right and i honestly think that with the revelation of corthia being something a realm lost in the in-between that the jailer is literally chaining two back into the maw it kind of got me thinking and uh i think uh, matthew rossi brought this up on lore watch where there's a chance that the the shadowlands experience something of a sundering where there's a, a good chance that the maw was actually the original landscape of the Shadowlands, right? And in this big shakeup, this big change of the machine of death where they, you know, put in place Orbos and the Arbiter and they chained the Jailer in the Maw, they broke off different land masses and pushed them out into the in-between 
and you know now that's just where the different souls go so i definitely think that we're gonna find out number one what was the origins of like what, what was the or- original state of the shadowlands before Ouroboros and the arbiter were put in place and then i think the other thing is is will sylvanas get something more like you know is the arbiter going to just be flipped back on and they're just going to be sent to your realms of servitude for all of eternity or will you maybe have a choice in that you know will alexander's mograine maybe get a choose between bastion and maldraxxus in the future because he seemed pretty 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 butthurt a little bit that he was uh, shoved in um in bone land instead of a uh, pretty angel land so I mean, he came around to the to the way that it was seen, but yeah. he still questioned it, right? So, honestly, I just got a lot of questions and a couple theories, but ultimately, in the end, I think that we're going to... that death will not return to its original state, but it may become something better, is how I'm kind of seeing it. I think Sylvanas will in a weird, strange sort of way, actually win, even though she's probably not going to survive this expansion. And I, I do want to add something, because I, I didn't quite touch on the first part of the question when I gave my initial answer, but I, I think, that, like, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with everyone, uh, but I, I want to elaborate on the the, the concept of the, the weight of death being diminished. The weight of death from the mortal realm to to the Shadowlands can never be diminished like once a soul dies on the mortal realm it has to go somewhere and it goes to the shadowlands and i think that the only the only reason that any souls that are currently in the shadowlands are able to traverse into other planes is because of the machine of death because of of the roles that they have and it's very rare that those things ever happen but once a soul dies in in the mortal realm that's it 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 can no longer cross back as it was uh, it will always forever be changed so in that respect the weight of death cannot be diminished in any way so i've actually not been answering any of these questions but i'm going to throw this one out because uh this was a question that was asked of me um when i look at when i look at this I, i'm thinking about the characters themselves in the world of warcraft and <clears throat> The uncertainty of death has a absolutely terrifying effect. You don't know what's going to happen. And the fear of the unknown is, is a major reason that a lot of people avoid death. But if you know you're roughly going to get sorted into your little house, I think death does get a little bit diminished in how afraid you are of it. For some characters. For other characters, they have been so devoted that they know that they are going to live on with their ancestors in in the fields beyond death. And so death ha- holds nothing for them. Or, for some characters, they have already died and been brought back into undeath, right? And so they uh, they have had a glimpse and they know a little bit of what awaits, uh, awaits them beyond. In Sylvanas's case, she was absolutely terrified of that and therefore death gained a absolutely new level of terror. So death will definitely be changed for some characters. Um, in terms of where death is going to be at the end of Shadowlands, I am in line with Jared. I think that there's going to be 
a change to the machine. There, there is going to be a better system because we are going to uncover all the flaws that made this machine so ripe for abuse. Like, come on, really? Like exactly what, uh, what you were saying? Like the fail safe is to damn everybody to the maw. That ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that like the Kyrians are sort of like, huh, <clears throat> everybody's going to eternal damnation. Do you think we should stop? Nah, chuck it in with the rest. There's a couple of, there's a couple of like poor decision making things where I'm sure they'll fit in better decisions once, once like you know the the heroes of Azeroth have their say and say, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be like twisting that guy so hard to rack out the anima. Maybe there's a better way about uh, about uh, doing this. So yeah, there's going to be changes. Um, but I do think if you are like, let's say you're on Wormrest Accord US and you are on an RP server and you're like, you're RPing it, right? Like your character is going to be like, hmm, like I know what lies beyond. Like, listen, son, I'm not going to kill you. Whereas before I would have killed you, I'm throwing your butt in jail and you're going to suffer there because I know you're so fanatically devoted to something that... That may just get you the, at my best case scenario, the Revendreth um, torture machine, and then you get your last chance. But your devotion might be so much that you are so devoted to a higher power that you may go to Bastion. And I don't want you to go to the field, the golden field. So no, you're, you're rotting in jail for as long as I can keep you alive. And I think that would be an interesting twist on it. So yeah. guess what? I guess one thing that's not clear is, regardless of, of what happens, it's not clear if the events of this expansion will become common knowledge to your average Azerothian. If uh, if only a handful of people will ever know what truly happened in the Shadowlands, or or if the word will reach everybody. Mm. Depends if they build a fountain in the middle of town or not. <laughs> well, we do know that there is going to be a little bit more interconnectivity between Azeroth and between uh, the Shadowlands. The uh, the, the um, Veiled Market, Tejava, is going to actually have us going back into like uh, parts of Azeroth. The everybody's favorite pirate dragon is actually going to be set, I think, in Freehold, but definitely in Boralus. So, uh, yeah, be tuned for that and make sure that you get to play the mega dungeon. But can I just say <laughs> can I just say that I will be thoroughly upset if the music for this mega dungeon isn't like full on gent. I I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> go there. Can I say that now? If no, it's not gent, I don't want it. I think that some of the like characters that we had the, that you guys said about like, hey, I want to see those guys back in. Wouldn't it be great if like while you're fighting this like infinite pirate dragon, there is like Shaw up in the rafters being like, what is going on here? And just having his commentary. <laughs> like, I think that would just be like a great little cameo bit. So <laughs> especially so if you ever if you've read the Eastern Kingdoms book. You get a lot of the Shaw information with the Flynn commentary. Yep. So I would love for the roles to be reversed where Flynn is down there with us fighting the infinite pirate dragon and Shaw just showing up being like WTF, like what is going on? No, I, I, I really want them to be like in the rafters, like, you know, the Muppet, gr the grumpy old men, where, yes! where, where it's just Shaw being like, 
I told you this was the worst place for a vacation. He's like, live it up a bit. <laughs> and it's going on and on. I live for this now. That's yep. what I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So totally off script. Pipe dream wishes for 9.1. Let's hear it. Jared. Sorry. No, let's start with Jin. Jin, pipe wish dream for 9.1. Oh, pipe dream just like anything that i could possibly want just like oh my gosh this is amazing yeah um honestly the biggest thing that i want with 9.1 is i want a better system for anima but if we're talking (laughs) if we're talking just story uh, uh my character would really like a weapon oh wait crap that's not a (laughs) that's not story uh sorry um no, I, I think the biggest thing that I would want is I want some more answers about the origins around, you know, the jailer and, you know, why he was in prison. Because everyone's like, oh, my God, that's the worst thing ever. I'm like, really? what? Why didn't you just, like, double dead him? Like, why'd you imprison him? Because like, if you kill him, he just ceases to be. Okay, that seems rude. So I don't know. That's that's the main thing that I want to know is what the heck did the jailer do? Why is Sylvanas so uh, such a strong believer in whatever the heck his thought process was that, you know, this whole free will and all this kind of crap that, no, we're totally going to get uh, the free will and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, great. That was your impression <laughs> of me, too. <laughs> 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 yeah i mean it's that's that's my my thing is i just want to know what what are you what are you two even up to right what, what is what is his plan is this death comes for the soul of your world what does that even mean hey you just gonna kill azeroth all right we've been there done that you know, burning legions sargeras all this come on like, get in line jackass <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh shoe boots your pipe dream, your wish for 9.1, if you could out of everything, and I am going to restrain it to story. What? Well, like a, a story about a weapon? No. Infinite uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pirate Dragon Mount? Um, I think, I mean, well, first of all, some things that would be my pipe dream, it sounds like, are going to come true. Uh, I want to, I, one of my biggest things I want to learn about uh in shadowlands before just since this was announced is i want to know what's up with odin odin the last we heard of odin he took care of helia well we took care of helia for him and then he's like i'm free i guess i'm gonna go off to Ulduar now and see what's up and that's the last we heard of him god knows what he's up up to up there uh i think he has some really uh dark elements of his past and i think we're gonna learn a lot more when we find out what the hell's going on with his eyeball and what he traded it for and uh and you know whether that his eyeball is what is in the jailer's chest i've heard that rumor float around but um uh yeah odin is a big deal i want to learn about that um i also just want to see big storylines planted we have resolved so much story in the last little while i want to i want to hear what's rathion up to what's going on with the dragon isles what's a what's up with a loon What's uh you know I want I want to I I don't know if these things fit into nine point one, but I sure would love them to. Hey, what's going on with with Urel? Is she really a, a Nazi or, or is is everyone overreacting? <laughs> like, 
Um, they actually touched on that a little bit during one of the interviews uh, with Urel and, and all that. They actually said that she will be coming back in future content. Yeah, I saw that. So she, that, I'm that's, like, she's been on my mind. <laughs> I'm excited. I love Urel, and I and I, I gotta say, when I played through that, everyone told me how terrible she got, and I was like, eh, she's not that bad. <laughs> I don't, all right. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, she seems a little misguided, but uh, Hitler comparisons? Come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the uh, the, the best um, example they gave is the fact that um, Velen, his entire worldview was changed at the end of Legion. Uh, and Urel's hasn't changed because he was very fanatical in the light. So I... I there you go. Uh, I want to see Velen back too. By the way, I, I'll just throw that in there. Okay, moving <laughs> on. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I guess I guess that's my pipe my pipe dream. Um, that and uh, I would I would love to see um, the story talk about um, buffing Necrolord for warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared. <laughs> Maybe you could stick the story. What would you like as your pipe dream for the story of 9.1? Well, first we find Anduin is actually being sacrificed by Sylvanas at the end of the raid, and then and she <laughs> succeeds in doing it, and then and then and then and then and then his dad shows up, and he as he's dying, just like just like Arthas's dad showed up when he was dying. He was like, <laughs> "Is it over, son?" And Varian totally, says. Son, get up! Don't you be a bitch. <laughs> uh, I'm totally making fun of Sharky right now. By the way, <laughs> uh, no, but it, but in all seriousness, I think I think that that uh, that Anduin dying would be um, a earth-shattering moment for all of world of warcraft um and it's something that i'd like i don't i don't want him to die i think that it would be narratively uh amazing for for him to die this expansion this patch even this patch even yeah okay we're gonna pass this one over to the mistress of lore (laughs) ali I, we have to Anduin. No, Ali can. Ali can wait for a second. Anduin oh, doesn't die. This expansion, it don't happen. He's still I, I got agree. a story to tell. All right, Ali, what would I you like you. to see happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I I do agree with you, Manny. I selfishly want to go. This is probably the pipe dream part. I I want to go throw us and just burn it all down. Um, again, night rate, night fate reasons. Um, but other than that, something that's, you know, maybe more, more doable. I'm still waiting for Arthas. Like, I'm pretty sure we're going to see him in 9.1 at some point, whether it's like a small role or bigger. I don't, I don't know. I think we're going to see him. And where the bleep is Gul'dan? How have we not seen him yet? I want to know these things. And again, Malganis. We haven't seen him since the Broken Shore. I... I don't know where he is and I don't trust him. I think he's up to something. I don't know if we're going to find that out in 9.1. But maybe. But maybe. Wait, Nathanos? No, wait, no. Broken. Well, Nathanos too, oh. yes, but Malganus. 
trying to remember him on the broken shore. Re refresh my memory on that one. Remember when Goldan was like, look at all my demons and dreadlords and blah, 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 and they all like popped up and stuff. Magandas was there, but we haven't seen him since. Okay, we didn't see him at all for the rest of Legion. <laughs> yeah, he was like, what's up, guys? And then we didn't see him for the rest of Legion, even though we saw we all these other big name dreadlords. Veramathris. Veramathris, okay. Yeah, but we haven't seen Malganus. And Malganus is like a big name in the Dreadlords. We haven't seen him since Broken Shore. No, okay. Veramathris was... Uh, and I'm sorry that we're off on this tangent. Veramathris okay. was in... Um, Antorus. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Nighthold had a Dreadlord. Which Dreadlord was that? Tychondrus. Tychondrus, yeah. Malganus hasn't been seen since Broken Shore. He's yeah, up to and then the the other dreadlord that we did see during Legion was Balnazar when Lothraxian yep. showed up and uh, beat him down. And yep. I'd be so if you see Balnazar in Corthia or something like that, you'd be like, "Oh snap!" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, or it could be like a twin dreadlord fight. But like, here's the thing: we've seen dreadlords redeemed by the light. We've seen dreadlords imbued with fell. We have not seen Dreadlords in their true form. And sure we have, Sire Denathrius. <laughs> <laughs> that's something we could see, right? We could just see, like, actual shadow Dreadlords in uh, in the raid. That could be something. But that is... I've, I've held you guys here for, like, an hour and a half, and I thank you all for your patience with this. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Uh, chat room... Thank you so much. Like, this has been great. But until Bearsfall 4, where can people find you? Let's start with Jared RPG. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jared RPG. You can also find me on my Twitch streams, uh, where I'm streaming in the daytime now. Uh, weekdays except for Wednesdays. Uh, and I'm kind of kind of working with the schedule here. So just like... In the daytime, go to twitch.tv slash JaredRPG, and I'll probably be streaming. Uh, but you can also find me on my podcast, Merely a Setback, uh, which airs Wednesdays, uh, well, is recorded live Wednesday nights uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern over on twitch.tv slash setbackpodcast. And, Jin, where can people find you around all right, well, if you want to hear more of the crazy crap that I say, which I don't know why anyone would, but if you're interested, you can go over to uh, Morally Gray Pod is the show that I do, and you can also go to live underscore laugh underscore lore if you already know the backstory and you just want to talk about current stuff. That's the one that I do with Allie over here, uh, which she can give more information on if she feels like it. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, and if you just want to follow me on a Twitter account that I actually like use from time to time, uh, you can follow me, and that is at Jared Cooster. Okay, and let's let's swing over to your co-host of Live Laugh Lore, Allie, Mistress of Lore. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AllieAndersK or. Most Sunday nights at twitch.tv slash Aliandris or my show Dungeon Fables at dungeonfables.com or wherever your shows. You can hear me bi-weekly with the amazing Jen over here and weekly with all things Azeroth where I talk about news and stuff and and laugh too much probably and at Dungeon Fables on Twitter. Yeah. And of course, Shoe Boots. Where can people find you? 
and the stuff that you do. Well, I'm glad you asked, Nanny. Uh, oh, boy, have I got a thing to say to you. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter, of course, at the Shoe Boots, and uh, uh, I do uh, a podcast with Coltrane called APR, um, which is uh, on a bit of a hiatus right now. It's not we're not ending the show; we're just taking a break. But uh, please check out our our back episodes, and also you can find me very soon on uh, my brand new podcast called The Big Love Rocket. With doesn't uh, exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. <laughs> I promise That's you, I was, I, I was hoping to have our, our first uh, live show date today, but we're my co-hosts and I, uh, Stats and Lex, who are both in the chat, or at least were, um, we've been having some trouble picking out a date, but it will be in the very near future. Um, this big love dro- rocket will drop. Uh, please follow Love Rocket Pod on Twitter, and uh, I'll probably use this Council of Beerus Fall as the very first thing I put on our uh, our our Apple podcast stream while I use it to get everything set up. Um, I will send you pics of my big love rocket stone. Breath. <laughs> that broke me. <laughs> stone actually like... does have the big love rocket. Oh, really? Well, yes. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll show you my big love rocket after the show. <laughs> after hours. <laughs> okay. And as for me, I am Truven and Manny. You can find me and everything I do on Twitch and Twitter at Truven and Manny, true without the E. Uh, that includes Four Azeroth, Rolling Restart, and all the stuff that I do over at Warcraft Radio. 